Would you please join me as I pray? Heavenly Father, as we turn to your word this morning, would you please open our hearts and minds to receive? Even as we pray for our children to be receptive, we pray for our own hearts to be receptive. Lord, teach us this morning. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to draw closer to you. Help us to know Jesus better. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Throughout the season of Lent, I'm going to teach on prayer. And I'm going to try to hit a number of aspects on prayer. But I want to begin this morning by giving you some statistics. The poorer someone is, the more likely they are to pray daily. 38% of people who make less than $30,000 pray daily, compared to 15% of people who make more than $100,000. The greater education a person has, the less likely they are to pray daily. Just 9% of those with a college degree pray daily compared to 43% of those with a high school degree or less. This one I wasn't sure about at first. Non-parents are more likely to pray daily than parents at 69% compared to 31%. But then I thought, I have four children. When do I have time to pray? This will not shock anyone. More women pray daily than men. More women pray weekly than men. But guys, we do have them in one category. Men are more likely to pray only once a month or not pray. So we got that category. I began doing church ministry in 1999, 23 years ago. And this is a conclusion that I have drawn. Prayer is hard. It often raises more questions than it answers. People often find it strange or difficult. People suffer from guilt when they try to practice it. People sometimes just get frustrated by it. The practice, as simple as it should be, seems to be hard for many people. And if that's where you are, that is what I want to address on our first message. So I'm going to read you a quote. This is by Christopher Hall, who has written a number of books, especially dealing with the church fathers. And this is a quote. Just see if you relate to any of this. First, prayer itself is difficult to write about, largely because it is difficult to comprehend. What a strange way God has designed and ordained for us to communicate and commune with him. I speak to God, yet I don't see God. I've never heard God respond audibly to my prayers. On my worst days, I wonder, is God really there? Is God listening? Can God make any sense of my babblings? Am I talking too much? Does the Lord wish I would just quiet down a bit? Isn't prayer supposed to be a two-way conversation? If it is a dialogue, how do I know when God is speaking to me? How can I discern God's voice and distinguish it from the lingering effects of last night's pizza? And my goodness, am I distracted. The moment I sit down to pray, I feel as though 10,000 bumblebees are flying through the atmosphere of my brain. Anybody relate to that? What do we do with this thing called prayer? Why is it hard? So 
I won't pretend to make it easy this morning. That won't be my goal. But my goal will be to help us have a little bit better understanding of how to approach it that might at least give us a direction and maybe make the whole process a little easier. And here's where I think it fundamentally breaks down. This is one of the first toys I ever bought my three-year-old. I gave it to him when he was about one. So it's a little set where you have these ramps, and you have a little car, and the little car has wheels in the front back, and it can flip over. It looks the same in the front and the back because it starts on the top. And if it works correctly, it falls down this first ramp, hits this, flips, falls down that ramp, flips, and just goes back and forth all the way down until it rolls out. Very simple little thing. My child, when you'd put this on there, he loved to watch it. But he also wanted to put the cars on himself. And here's how he started that process. First, he put it into his mouth, and he chewed on it for a while. As you might imagine, that did not get the car onto the ramp. He then decided when that didn't work that he would knock the ramp over. And so he knocked the ramp over. As you might imagine, that also did not get the car onto the ramp. So I stood the ramp back up, and for another try, he took the car and he tossed it at the ramp. As you might imagine, it still did not get onto the ramp and go down. None of my son's attempts to get that car onto the ramp went down. Chewing on the car, knocking the ramp over, throwing the car at the ramp, none of them worked. But I can tell you this. The ramp actually worked. If I put the car on there, it would go down the ramp just like it was supposed to. There was nothing wrong with the product. Something was wrong with the way the user was trying to use the product. I think that's the problem with prayer, fundamentally. There is nothing wrong with prayer. It is a little strange. And I don't know that it's ever going to just be easy all the time. Certain seasons of our life, it's a little easier than other seasons. But fundamentally, one of our issues is our approach. It's what we think about the product itself. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to clear up a couple of things that I believe are just wrong in our approach to prayer. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 11. If you want to follow along, I invite you to open up your Bible there in front of you. Luke chapter 11, which can be found on page 1480 of that pew Bible. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse number 1, there on page 1480. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, Jesus does this a lot. If you go through the Gospels, Jesus prays a lot. He will, they'll find him sometimes early in the morning. He's out by himself. He'll go up on a mountain. He at least spends one whole night before he calls the disciples. So he prays a lot. One day, while he's praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. I'm really thankful for that. I think Jesus knew what he was doing when it came to prayer. And I think, like the disciples, I would have been just as confused 
as they were at points. Because here's what I would have witnessed. I would have witnessed, like, I get up, and it didn't matter what time. I could get up at 7 a.m., 6 a.m., 5 a.m. Jesus is already gone, no matter when I get up. And then I go out and find him, and I discover he's been praying for two hours. And I would be thinking, what in the world is he doing? Because I start praying, and like 90 seconds later, I finished. On a good day, five minutes. But what in the world is Jesus doing for two hours? And I think I would have said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then what he does is he gives them what we call the Lord's Prayer. And this is where it comes from. Now, how long is the Lord's Prayer? It's really short. I mean, if you say the Lord's Prayer, you're not going to get to two hours of Jesus being out there. I think his answer might have been a little bit of a letdown to me. He might have said that, okay, let me teach you. Pray like this. And then he does the Lord's Prayer, and I'd have been going, and? Still, what are you doing? But there's something really, really important about how he starts this prayer. And it lays the foundation of prayer. He starts with this word, Father. And that is what we're going to come back to right after I deal with what are the things that we get wrong in prayer? What is making this so hard? I want to give you two things that I think are widespread beliefs about prayer. And you may have them. And neither one of them are very helpful. The first is this. Prayer is a conversation with God. Have you ever heard that before? Prayer is a conversation with God. I'm going to tell you how prevalent it is. I did a Google search for this right here. Prayer is not a conversation with God. That was my Google search. I got back one. Uh, so on page one, there were nine listings. One of them was about prayer not being a conversation with God. Do you know what the other eight were? Prayer being a conversation with God. It is so prevalent that even when I did a search for not being a conversation, most of my responses came back as, it is a conversation. It is a conversation with God. I want to tell you, you should not think of prayer that way. It is not a conversation with God. And, and here's why. I think with me for a minute about a conversation. When you sit down to have a conversation, what happens in that conversation? I talk to Bill. What does Bill do? Bill talks back to me, right? We have a conversation. So not only are we talking back and forth, what else are we doing? We're watching each other's body language. We're listening to each other's tone. Have you ever been having a conversation with somebody? You go, oh, I just said something wrong, didn't I? You think to yourself, because you saw some reaction in them. And you're like, wait, what was that? Did, are you okay? Like, what? like, that's part of conversation. Maybe I'm the only one in the room. I've never had that with God. I've never sat down to pray and God and I just, hey God, uh, this is going on. Really? Tell me more about it. Yeah, this has happened. Oh, are you sure about that? Yeah, I am, God. Well, you know, I've never had that. Have you ever sat down and had a conversation with God in the same way we have a conversation with people? That's never been my experience. And here's the problem. If that's how you're thinking about it, 
Number one, what happens when it doesn't work? How do you feel? Have you ever wondered to yourself, please don't raise your hand, have you ever wondered, am I doing something wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Why is everybody else having a good prayer life and I'm not? By the way, they're not. Don't feel like you're alone if you struggle. It is not a conversation. And you know what? There's 150 examples in the Psalms of prayer monologues. And the people that actually do have conversations with God, it's really rare in Scripture. Abraham has one. Moses has one. But these guys also have prayer monologues where they are talking to God, but God's not having this back-and-forth interaction. Please don't feel like there's something wrong with you if you've never had a conversation with God. That is not the primary way or even a major way that Scripture ever presents prayer. Number two, I hear this a lot. Prayer is power. I even hear prayer is the most powerful thing we have. It's not. Prayer is not power. God is powerful. But prayer itself doesn't do anything. It's not a magical formula. Prayer doesn't just because we pray, somehow we now obligate God to do things. Just because we say words, the spiritual world has to respond. Prayer itself is not power. And if it is, then prayer in every religion should be doing things. God is powerful. And we need to keep that in mind because prayer fundamentally is relational. We don't say magic words. We don't just make things happen. And again, when we think of it in that way, it's easy to disconnect the prayer from God. It's easy to begin to think, well, prayer is just powerful. I'm just going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray and things are going to happen. And all of a sudden, God can be distant from it. There is a reason that Jesus started the prayer off, Father. And that's what I want to spend the rest of my little time talking about. Father. Here's a definition of prayer. Prayer is communicating to God. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is addressing God. That's all it is. And how you start, what the the foundation of it is for you, will determine where it goes, what its character is. And so this idea of Jesus saying, Father, imagine this. I'm going to give you a couple different words. Imagine you started your prayer off like this. Sir. Imagine you started it off like this. Boss. Imagine you started off this way. Oh, dictator. What kinds of things are going to flow from that? Where are your emotions going to be? What are you going to think you can share? What happens when you start with Father? You see, Jesus fundamentally looks at prayer as a relationship. And when I begin my relationship, it begins as a child speaking to my father and how that shapes everything that I do in my prayers. Now, I want to give you some examples of prayers throughout the scriptures. And what I want you to hear is not 
me reading scripture passages. I want you to hear people praying to their father. Right, listen to some of these words. And what you're going to hear is you're going to hear some petition. You'll hear thanksgiving. You're going to hear praise. You'll hear complaining. You'll hear all the things that might happen if you could walk into the room and talk to your father. Oh, Lord, rebuke me not in your anger. Don't discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, Lord. I'm languishing. Heal me. My bones are troubled. My soul is greatly troubled. Lord, how long? Can you hear the passion in that? Can you hear the person who is going through something just crying out to their father? Listen to this one. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, you set them in place. What is man that you're even mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Again, don't picture that as just a, a psalm or a scripture. Picture somebody actually looking up and going, God, how could you even be mindful of us? Look at how amazing your heavens are. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. It is too easy just to read that and not recognize this is somebody really excited who is sharing that excitement with their father. The same way, have you ever walked into a room, something great has happened, you saw a friend or a spouse or even a, a, a parent and you just went, let me share something amazing with you. This is the psalmist sharing something amazing with God. Have you ever felt this? This is another psalm. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever been going through something really difficult and you just, you needed God to do something and he wasn't? The psalmist looks at that and goes, why? Why aren't you answering? Not in some irreverent way, you know, like doubting God, but rather instead of doubting God, it's a, why God? Why aren't you doing this? You'll recognize this one. Jesus said this on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from my words of groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you don't answer and by night and I find no rest. Notice how relational this is. There's nothing hidden from the pain. They're letting God know the pain. They're letting God know how they feel. Like, God, you're not, you're not doing anything. Why are you not doing anything? They don't give up on God. They don't doubt God's there. They don't be all pious and pretend that everything is okay because it's a relationship. There's many, many more that I could read. But I want to share something that happened when my oldest son, I think he was eight when this happened. He really, really wanted to be an inventor. I mean, he was excited about it. So excited that he had like this little journal, this little book 
that he was writing ideas in. He was drawing things that he wanted to invent. He had all of these things that he wanted. He wanted to get a table, a work table, to be able to do creative inventions on. He was so excited about being an inventor. And what I remember is going into his room one day, and he was sharing with me all these ideas he had. He was so excited about wanting to invent these things. And he's just going through, and he's like, Dad, there's this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. And at some point, we had to, we had to I think we were going somewhere. Um, and Aaron walks in, and she's like, hey, we got to get going. And this is what I remember. Oh, I don't want to go yet. I want to keep sharing with Dad. And here's the interesting thing. I don't know that I said anything that whole time. It was my son sharing with me. Sharing with me his excitement. Sharing with me his dreams. Sharing with me what he had been thinking about. What was going on inside his head. And I was listening. And I was excited to listen. God, our Father, wants to hear from his kids. And he's excited to hear from us. And he may not say a whole lot. He may not have this back and forth conversation. But he wants to hear from us. He wants to hear your joys and your pain and what you're thinking about. He wants to hear the thoughts going on in your brain. What's buzzing around all those bumblebees. Do you know that it is okay to sit down and pray and get totally distracted as you're talking to God and then come back and go, wow, Lord, I didn't mean to start thinking about that thing that was totally unrelated to what I was thinking about. My brain's just kind of going off. You can share that with God because he wants to hear. If you are a parent, has your child ever told you something that you honestly could care less about but you were excited to hear it because it was coming from your kid? I even had a little that this morning. My son wanted to come to church with me. It was pretty awesome. So he came early. And so the whole way here, he told me the most incredible things about Minecraft. And I really only understood half of it. But he was excited. And I was excited because he wanted to share with me. It almost didn't matter what he wanted to share. It was that he wanted to share. Do you know what it means to the heart of God when his children want to share? So this is what I want you to take from today. Prayer is relational. It's its key thing. And when Jesus was teaching his own disciples to pray, He didn't start with all of these flowery words. He didn't start with great big petitions. He started with a single word, Father. That's what he wanted them to start with. That's where we start. And to know that whatever you're going through, you can sit down and you can even imagine God sitting there with you and you can share what's on your heart. You can make petitions but you can also give thanks and praise. You can tell him, God, I'm, I'm really suffering right now and I need you. You can tell him, hey God, I'm anxious about this thing. Let me just tell you why I'm anxious. 
He wants to hear from you. That is the foundation of praying. Something incredible happened with this uh, device. We spent all of this time with him trying to get the cars on it. And again, chewing them, knocking them over, all of these things. But what became the most fun for him was throwing the cars at it. And what he would do is he would lob the car. And again, he's one. So it was kind of like a, you know, and he would lob the car at the thing. And it would bounce off. And then he would do this. Yay! And then he'd throw it again. Yay! Um, It was never actually landing on the thing. It was just being there. But he was having so much fun. And I was having so much fun watching him have so much fun. And then something amazing happened. The stinking car landed right on the yellow thing on the top and went down. And both of us just sat there for a moment. I even at one, I don't think he could believe it happened. He was trying to figure out what was going on because it actually worked like it was supposed to. And it got to the bottom and we both just kind of sat there for a moment. And then he was like, yay! It was like this big giant double yay. Um, Even if all we're doing is throwing cars at this thing. Some of them are going to land in some incredible ways. God's heart is going to be touched. And we are going to find over time and practice that prayer is so much more than just coming to God and going, God, will you do this? Oh, that's part of it. But there's a lot to just sitting with the Lord and sharing and not worrying about getting it right. Just throw the car at the device. It doesn't have to be perfect. God's not grading this. He's not going, eh, B minus, maybe. I mean, it's better than your C from yesterday. Um, That's not what God is doing. God is just saying, come sit with me. Share your heart. Let me hear. And I don't care what it is. You're my child, and I want to hear from you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your heart. Thank you you revealed yourself as a parent, as our father. Lord, help us to really embrace that, to make it the fundamental part of our prayer life so that we approach you as your kids and share with you, maybe in ways we haven't before. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.